This is the Dundas Fit Podcast, episode 12. I'm Jason Dundas. Welcome to the show. Uh, today on the podcast, I'm chatting with Tim Robarbs. Uh, he was the bachelor in Australia, but uh, he's also uh, one uh, really intelligent guy when it comes to all things health and wellness. Um, he has released the Tim Robarbs Method, which is a suspension training app uh, and program you can follow. It also has nutrition aspects to it as well. Uh, this conversation goes real deep into you know all things about ketosis and Tim's diet. Uh, you just have to Google a picture of Tim Robobs to see what he looks like, and I'm I'm pretty sure once you see how big this guy is, you're gonna want to listen to this chat. He uh, he looks like a Spartan warrior. Um, but yeah, our conversation gets deep into suspension training. He's also a chiropractor. Um, and we talk a lot about nutrition and his lifestyle living in Bondi Beach, one of the most desirable beaches in the world. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by the Dundas Fit Activewear uh, Collection, which is available at David Jones stores Australia-wide. Hit up davidjones.com.au or dundasfit.com. Uh, this is my chat with Tim Robarbs. Roll it. So where are you at? Are you in Bondi? Yeah, just in Bondi, just in my joint, up on Bondi Road. Bondi Road. Oh, that's the south end of Bondi, isn't it? Um, Bondi no, Road is the uh, south, yeah, end? south end. South yeah. end, yep, south end, yep. So, Bloody lost. Yeah, right. So over here in – have you been in Bondi your whole life or you just moved there? Nah, I grew up in Newcastle. Oh, so cool. Was, um, yeah, Newey, and I've been here for about eight years. Is it true that Newcastle um, is the biggest city in Australia on the coast? Is that true? Or did I make that up? I think you made that up, ah, but maybe I I heard that somewhere. it is, well, you know what? It spans a fair way, like the Hunter Valley, Oh, but right. I would think it would be the biggest non-capital city, maybe. Ah, I heard that, that for those, for those of us wanting to invest in real estate, I heard it's a booming Ooh. area or it might have already boomed. You know what? Back, back about 10, 12 years ago was the moment to jump in. was, was a good, was a good time. I bought a little place back then, three better and it was 164 grand brand new. Oh, and, and I got days. the 14, the 14 grand first homeowners grant. Oh, so mate, and now it's worth a million. Ah, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> happy days, happy days. <laughs> but it was, um, it was pretty good. Hey, wait, I just want to ask you something off topic about Bondi because I live over in LA and everyone always asks me about Bondi Beach, Bondi Beach. Yeah, Bondi, Bondi, Bondi Beach. So the south end. How do you describe the difference between the north and south end of Bondi? Okay, As so the south end, yeah, the south end is more the backpackers. Yep. Um, it's right near the big backpacker joint. So it's a bit more, um, you know, a bit more worldly. Uh-huh. Um, Culturally diverse. Culturally, yeah. So a few more Brazilian bikinis, although they're starting to migrate up to the, the northern end. Okay. Um, then you get to the middle and you'll get kind of like more of the um, – the Western Sydney crowd will come through my into people. the into the guts. That's my people. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, from we're, Penrith. Whereabouts. Penrith, yeah. Yeah, it's my so people, my get, crowd. 
you get the you get your crowd in the middle there. Yep. Sometimes you'll get you also get a lot of the younger school kids will kind of go into there. Got it. Um, so there'll be a lot of like sand fights and young boys kind uh-huh. of um, showing their you know like like apes showing their masculinity and yep. having a wrestle in the sand and rat's tails um, and food with their boo-boo. short shorts yeah. and kappa. <laughs> yep, and then you move up to the northern. Oh, you get you get to the northern end, and yeah. you get just before the end of the northern end is the um, is the gay area of the beach. Oh, right. So out the front, the of gayborhood. The, um, yeah, the gayborhood out the front <laughs> of the um, north uh, north Bondi Surf Club is is that area. So yep. you'll see many a, a tight speedo, and okay. um, and then you venture just up a little bit further north, and you get the kind of more the local Bondi crowd or the you know the 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 kind of in crowd in a way they'll sit on the grassy knoll and um and kind of just soak up the uh the sun and bring their guitars and play and and look good you know throw their hair back in the shower it is it is quite a fashion show on the north end of bondi isn't it it is it is yeah i've Mm. seen i've seen a few people there's one guy that walked through he had a pair of um uh timberlands i think they were oh yeah and a g-string and he's walking so a G-string and a pair of Timberlands walking yeah. through people. I was I was looking around thinking someone's got to be filming this guy, yeah. but he was he oh, he looked like um he just he looked like something out of a movie. But um yeah, just just a full attention seeker kind of running through. It was quite funny. Uh, but I try and I try and escape then even further north. You get onto the rocks up there. Oh, it's just I nice know where that quiet. is. Yeah. Near Flat nice Rock? Is it called Flat yeah, Rock? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what are they called? Yeah, Flat Rock, I think, yeah. Um, so I just sort of head up there sometimes and you've got uh, – you, you get away from any bloody paparazzi and all that. Uh, and you can, people take their dogs down and it's yep. just a bit more chilled. So that's There's less – yeah. That, that's the, the inside scoop on those of us around the world wanting to go to Bondi on where to choose your area on the beach. Hey, off topic, exactly. true story, yep. I bought – I get really obsessed with buying domain names – yeah, I just yeah, buy them yeah. all the time for random yeah. crap, and I bought gayaway.com so I could make a gay nice. travel site. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You're I an entrepreneur. It, man, I bought it ten years ago when I started on Getaway. <laughs> have you been? Have you been offered any uh, anything for no, it? No, and I haven't established Gayaway as a brand as such, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I do yeah. own that .com. So Mate, that would um, that would be some <laughs> great PR. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, whatever, mate. PR is all good, isn't it? Hey, yeah, so... Do you, have, do you have the .com.au as well? No, or man. Could I, I, maybe I could jump in there. You could jump in on the .au. <laughs> I, mean, I keep it international, just the .com. <laughs> hey, so right. so what year were you on The Bachelor? So that was back in 2013. So three ah. and a half years ago. Okay, so, yeah. and, then, and then we'll talk about that in a second. But prior to yeah. that, you were, um, you were doing... Uh, a chiropractor, some, you were a, yeah, some chiropractor. chiropractor. Yep, chiropractor started off started off as a as a PT when I was doing my first degree, which was in um, photonics. So I thought I was going to be working in a lab, kind of crunching, you know, the hardest physics equations and stuff like that. But What's um, photonics. So photonics is the study of light physics. So like, you know, fiber optic cables, holographs, hologram, you know, that's three-dimensional TV stuff, all that sort of stuff. So wow. I was really interested. I used to love how learning how things worked. 
Yeah. And the, you know, the, the physics, I just loved it. But um, it got to the point where you were just literally crunching numbers mm-hmm. and away from any kind of practical sort of thing. We're just on a photon electron level, which I can't, cannot even remember sure. how to do a long division at the moment. But um, so, yeah, I was doing that. But what I just realized, you know, I liked being more uh, surrounded by people and helping people with yeah. the exercise science uh, with the PT. So then I did an exercise science degree and then went into um, then kind of taking that a little bit further and having a skill with my hands. So then came the chiropractic and a chiropractic thing i'm just coming at it from a layman's point of view is yeah, it yeah. readjusting the body via the spine and alignment like that is that what it is basically in a way like some people look at it just purely structurally like bone out of place need to push back into place which is not yeah. it's not how it works it's more about the nervous system so when you look at um you know your brain's the master controller connects to every single cell in your body and you just we just basically at the end of the day we want to make sure that the brain is talking to all the different organs and cells and things like that so if you you know what keeps you upright you know, and stops you from bending to one side or falling over in a heap is is a mixture of all the little pressure receptors, the proprioceptors feeding back up into your brain, telling your brain where your body is in space. Yeah. And then the brain shooting the message back down and controlling all the little muscles. So you think like when you take a single step, you activate over 200 different muscles. Right. And a lot of that is controlled subconsciously. So when you think of, you know, a movement, usually we can, we can do a bicep curl or we can do like single limb kind of control those movements but you don't think about every other single muscle that is activating to keep your body upright to keep your spine straight all of that so we look for where sometimes that starts to malfunction and the brain is either not getting the message clearly coming up telling it where it is whether it's twisted to one side twist the other side you know if you're a golfer and you're trying to get a ball like you know however many hundred yards down this close to a hole you need to be in precise control of every single movement mm. of every muscle in your body. You're, you're so, getting to muscle imbalance here. Basically, muscle imbalance, and it's more about the, the brain being able to turn those muscles on and also getting the feedback of what those muscles are doing. Yeah. So it's more, I do a lot of um, almost performance enhancing rather than just, oh, I've got a sore back, let's, you know, let's look at it. I do a lot of performance enhancing. So I've dealt with some, um, it's actually some pretty big NFL players over there, one of the yeah, like you can't go into your clients' names, but sure. some big guys, which are pretty scary when you're dealing with these guys that are on yeah. $60 million contracts and you're about to adjust you their neck or something. It's like, did you see yep. that movie uh, Trainwreck with Amy Schumer? Yes. And yeah, Bill, yeah, yeah, Bill yeah. Hader did yeah. the operation on like LeBron and all those people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Co- you had no sleep. And- yeah, <laughs> mate, that's you. Yep. That's you, yep. bro. Yep. Wait, I went into this guy, this, this big lump of a, man on my table and i'm just thinking like my insurance doesn't cut like I'm, i've got 20 million dollars worth of insurance this guy's you know, on 20 million always, a week exactly <laughs> you know, like, yeah, right. i need to take out another policy just to, to treat this guy so so you go on the bachelor in 2013 i don't want to talk about that because i'm more interested yep. in health and fitness but you go on that show and it gives you a huge amount of popularity overnight in australia and then you launch the tim robarbs method which is yep. an app and a training program. So <clears throat> firstly, those who don't know about you, in my opinion, you are the, the a specimen like a Spartan warrior. <laughs> you look like Gerard Butler in 300 on steroids all, all the time. And it, it, like, it's the biggest yeah. compliment. And, and you have this ability to appear on the cover of Men's Health in whatever country I travel to. I always just see you on the cover. It's the wildest <laughs> thing. 
And then I get it here in LA and you're on the cover again. It's crazy. And mate, you look insane. Yeah, so, thanks, mate. I so, think, um... Oh, sorry. So, so you start you start this uh, program which uses rings. So let's get a bit yep. of foundation on what the program is. Yeah, so basically, like I think when it comes to when it comes to men's health, the latest one was was really nice. They did a great article, and it was basically, um, you know, with, when they usually shoot cover guys, they'll go, they'll give them a month's notice, and they've got to, you know, prepare and get ready. And and I kind of, I mean, in in a very aesthetic world where everyone's trying to compare themselves to other people, and that I just, I don't train for aesthetics i train for function i look good and, and i feel like my body is a reflection of my lifestyle yeah and that's what i would like other people to see rather than hey look at me you should look like me but it's more i want to say look i this is the type of training i do using rings and things which is functional it makes me feel good and there is as a result of that i guess you, you want to look good as well and it, you, you do look good um so basically, the robots method is a um, – it's kind of everything I've learned over from a mixture of my PT background, my exercise, my chiropractic. So really getting down to function and what I found with using rings and the calisthenics type of training. So simple stuff. Well, basically using the minimal amount of equipment to get the maximum amount of results. So this is, rings are something that can be used by someone like my mum who's – 60 or 57, she'll yell at me for saying she's 60, 57, <laughs> who's, you know, hasn't done a lot of exercise lately. Um, she can jump on to the basic levels and, and, and get a workout. And then you you can take it to someone who's been doing CrossFit for years, who just wants to change up the challenge or someone who's just been, you know, grinding steel in the gym for years and wants to change it up a little bit and they're sick of feeling like big and bulky and, and rigid and not being able to move. So getting onto an unstable surface like rings and moving through a full range of motion and having this work all those little stabilizer muscles that you don't normally work when you're just pushing in two planes of movement is um is what it's about and i just feel i feel really good doing it and um you know that's what i want to encourage other people to do and do you do other like do you pump iron or do you do anything else or you just do the ring i will i will generally do like i mean the, the with with the program i've tried to mix you know a lot of um, upper body, lower body stuff. Now, I think when, especially if you're trying to build some muscle and build some strength, you need to be doing something where you're kind of getting between that six to 12 rep range and you're maxing out there. Yep. So you can do that, especially upper body on the, on the rings and, and on a bar. But when it comes to legs, um, you know, it is hard without any extra weight. It is hard to really push to that level. So there are some exercise in there, especially single leg stuff. If you ever tried yep. doing pistol squats, you know, if you can yeah, pump out 20, man, yeah. you're doing all right. So we try and get a lot of that stuff in there, a lot of plyometrics, but I still do probably one session a week. I'll get in and do a bit of deadlifting or powerlifting and stuff, you know, which is again, functional like farmer carries and things like that. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so, a serious uh, question uh, yep. on, on the fitness podcast. I did a show in Fiji called The Big Adventure on Channel 7. It was like, it was like a yep. survivor kind of show. They'll kill me for calling it, referencing that show. But that's kind of <laughs> what it was. But um, yep. when I was there, it was on a small island and there was no gym. And I'd done a lot of weight. I have a, like a pretty high metabolism. And to put muscle yep. on my frame, I have to lift low reps around six to eight you know, heavy maxing out at six and then getting assistance on two more. And I do sets of five in the gym to just build size. Yep. And I did a bit of like a long lead in of that to, you know, to have presence on the show. And then I took TRX to the yep. show. Yep. And th this was pre Tim Robarb's method. Yep. And uh, I just, mate, I just went backwards. I was doing it yeah. daily and yep. I was, you know, it's similar movements to what you describe. And I was just like dramatically losing strength 
And yeah. I don't, I don't know whether I was doing something wrong uh, and maybe you can tell me or give me advice or I just don't know what I was doing wrong, but I was in the gym. I feel like I increase in strength, yep. but this yep. was the first time I'd ever done it for two weeks. And I just, in the end, I just gave up and just started running. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah so what were you, when you were doing it, were you doing more like what, what kind of rep range were you maxing out of that six rep that you normally find? Yeah. I was doing, I was doing about 10 and then yep. I was supersetting it. So I would do like 10 and then I would switch it into a bit of an incline and do another 10 and then I'd rest for 30 and then go again. Yep. Which is probably like for some people that might be muscle building. Um, but for you, it sounds like you need that five, like five or six rep where you are maxing out and not having to superset as much. Yeah. So what you would then, then it sort of comes down to just knowing the certain exercises that you can do. And what I find with TRX is because it comes to a single point, it does cut you out of a lot of different exercises. So. When you when you bring in the rings um, and it goes to separate points, you can then start to change up the exercises, and then it's really just then I guess knowing what what you can do. It's taking it more to like a you know when you see the gymnasts on the Olympics, taking it to that level where you're doing some of these like slow um, holds and, and moves where you're you're really stressing that muscle. Um, doing say like a fly, like a flat fly on the rings. Yeah. If you can if you can push past five or six on that, you're doing pretty well. So it might have been a mixture of you doing stuff that you're you know, still isn't stressing the muscles out enough and you're having to superset it to try and get that. Yeah. So it's, sometimes it's changing the angles or getting your feet off the ground or um, things like that. Usually getting your feet off the ground is the next thing and it's really hard to do with a TRX because if you're under it and you're trying to do, say, a dip, because it comes to a point, it's squashing your shoulders uh, and by the time when you lift your feet up, it's just you're getting – it's the, the ropes are getting in the way of you. Yeah. So it, it, it changes the dynamics. So that's where the rings – I just found they're the best overall. Okay. So retrospectively, if I had the rings and now it makes, it makes bloody sense just listening to what you said. So I should have – I should have implemented the same program of maxing out around six with the same rest intervals. So I do the same thing, but I'm on an unstable surface. And what I would do is I would get inverted and try flies and add more of an angle onto it and stop at six or burn out at six like I normally would and then rest a bit and go again. Exactly. If that's how your body responds, I mean, it's good to change it up. But if you change it up and you did those higher reps and the supersets and you find it's not working, then yeah, then move back to what you know that works. And so it's sometimes it's just increasing the lever length. Um, yeah, it, like I said, getting your feet off the ground, increasing the resistance with gravity, um, lever length. So instead of bending your arms, you keep your arms straight at the elbow, things like that. And that'll start to increase the strength. You, you, you go inverted and do handstand push-ups on them, things like that. So, um, so that'll take the, the next level. So in the gym, I... I use obviously the number of the weights. So if I'm doing a 50 pound weight or a 45 pound yep. weight, whatever it is. And I say pound cause I'm lifting weights mostly here in the U S. So I just look at yep. the number of what I'm doing and then, you know, check, check myself with the amount of reps and I can incrementally increase, you know, subconsciously yep. that way on yep. rings. Yep. How do you, let's say I'm, you know, dude one from Penrith and I buy your kit. Yeah. How yep. do yep. I know, just in my mind, how to progress the training on rings when there's no yeah, so, like indicator. So basically, the program is set out kind of like karate. 
So if you start karate, um, you usually start at white belt and you work your way through. And getting the black belt can take you a couple of years. And that's the same with rings. Like actually having the, the foundational strength to get to those higher levels takes a bit of time. You might be really strong pushing a dumbbell, but when you get onto an unstable surface, you might be kind of all over the place. So um, what we've done, we break it into five main levels, each with five grading months. So there's actually 25 months worth of program. And you can, if you're already fairly fit, you can slot into a level, like you can slot straight into say level three, which is kind of halfway through the program. So you potentially have another year to go, or you can start in level four and you'd have another, you know, whatever that is, 10 months to go, whatever. So um, it's finding the right level when you start. And then when you're actually training, you'll just start to feel, you'll, you'll hit an exercise. Some exercise you go, actually, I'm all right with this. Or you can like, just change the angle of it a little bit, you'll know just by changing that little angle, just like upping a weight on, just like when you're in the gym, you put in, put on, you know, if you would be what, 120 kilos on a bench, <laughs> you put on that little <laughs> yeah, bit right. extra and then you go, right, you know, actually this is a little bit easier. I'm going to throw a little bit more weight on. I'm going to throw another two and a half or a five kilo on each side and then give that a go. Same thing on the rings. You'll, you'll do it at a certain angle and you go, oh, this is a little bit easier. I'm going to, I'm going to change my angle a little bit. And just tweak it. And then you'll just start to remember the angle or the, all the exercise or what it is. But on the program, it pretty much does it for you. Like you'll go, right, do X amount of these and this is how you do it. And you'll do it. And it's, you know, you'll, you'll probably find it pretty challenging when you get into those higher levels. So it's not just a, you know, here's a bunch of exercises to do. It's progressed through kind of like a gamification, they call it. It's like a game. So every month there's an exam. And mm. when you pass the exam, it's a physical exam. When you pass that, you move to the next level, just kind of like belts and karate. So you're working your way through. So that just sounds like the most, uh, like I love doing a lot of work for like yep. achieving yep. a goal. But what you just described, it sounds fantastic if I'm going to buy um, your method and I'm going to do it great yep. for the user. But if I'm going to yep. start a fitness app, the yep. barrier to entry to what you just described sounds like a three year process. <laughs> it, well, that's yeah. It's a, like to me, put all that I together wanted... for you, you know what I mean? Like that's, Oh like, yeah. yeah. It was, it was, it was huge because it was one of the things where we've got over 300 and something different exercises and then having to photograph and film them, put them all into a program. I had to write a hundred different programs. It was a, a heap of work, but I've, that's it. I've done all the hard work for you. It took me about a year and a half to get it all together um, of working while I was, while I was working in chiropractic side of things and that. But um, I just want to make it as easy as possible. And the whole philosophy is that everyone should have the, you know, it should be accessible and easy for everyone. I haven't gone, right, this is just for guys that are 40 to 50 years old. I've, I've written a, a program that can be applied to, if you're a girl and you want to get toned, there's a level for you. If you're a, um, you know, a 60-year-old who just wants to get a bit more function, wants to look after their bone health mm. and just lose a bit of weight, there's a level for you. If you're a guy who wants to get ripped up, there's a level for you. So did you come up with the idea when you were on so, oh, sorry. So when you do The Bachelor, you shoot it yep. and then it airs like six months later, right? Or is it three months later or something? Yeah, about, uh, I think we were about three months. Okay, cool. And yeah. then so did you start making the app in that three-month period or was it a year or so later? It was probably probably about six months later. It definitely wasn't then. It was more like I think that going through that process more so gave me the 
belief, I guess, in myself because it was such a challenging thing to do. You're talking about you the come bachelor out of it. process, Yeah, right? yeah, the bachelor, okay. yeah. Like, just, just such a challenging thing to do. So far out of the normal for me. Like, I really, it's really putting yourself out of your comfort zone yeah. and putting yourself up there for scrutiny and all that. And for me, it was a great kind of character building and strength building process. And it just gave me a bit more, bel- the biggest thing out of it was a bit of belief in myself that yeah. I can do and achieve different things, whatever I've set my mind to, I can give it a crack. So afterwards, it was wasn't so much just going, oh, I've got this this fame now or whatever, I'm going to do this and this and this. It was more just yep. I've kind of have that belief in myself that I'll go and do that. So, um, yeah, coming out of that, like I'd been doing that type of training for a while and and then people started to say, you know, what do you what do you do for training? What do you do to, to, to get that physique? And, you know, and then I thought, you know, what people, people keep asking, I'll, I'll put it out there. So were you doing the rings then? Yeah, yeah, and that's the, one of the things I had to do on that show. You know, it's like when you're on the lockdown. Like we were, we were, t- you know, twelve hours every day for three months and twelve hour days and and um, or eighteen hour days, I should say. Um, and um, you know, you'd have those little windows. We might have thirty minutes. You can sneak something in. So I'd have to be wherever I was, pull out the rings, find a tree in a tree branch, and go for it. So where did so you get, I had to be? Where did you get that idea at that point to do the rings? Because uh, you know. Uh, there are other methods you can do with suspension yeah, training yeah. like that. Did you, uh, like, how did that even come about? I think it came about possibly, I think from when I would go to, you know, so you go to Cirque du Soleil. I think that's where some of my inspiration oh, yeah. came from. You go to a Cirque du Soleil and you see these guys doing some of the, you know, the gymnastic stuff and rings yep. and hanging in that. And I like, I look at them firstly go like amazing physique. They're not the kind of big bulky kind of guys I want to look like, but then, yep. um, but then from a functional point of view, I look at these guys and go, man, they can just go from their flexibility, the the movement, like they must feel so good and not be rigid and, and have all that, you know, just to have that mobility and function. And yeah. I kind of was like, I want to kind of look into that and started doing ring training and looking up a lot of YouTube stuff and things like that, just teaching myself. Mm. And, um, and that's kind of progressed onto the robots method. Mate, what's super inspiring about that is not the fact that, I mean, exactly what you said, not the fact that you went on the show and got popularity and went, and obviously there's a capitalist in all of us where we go, oh crap, we've got an opportunity, let's nail it. Look, that's one thing. But the fact that you said you built self-confidence in yourself for actually doing it and wanted to launch it, I'm all about that. I just read a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And it's it's the same... uh, the same theories and philosophies he's put he puts in that uh, sorry talks about in that and then i'll just touch on what you just said about going through the process of the bachelor show a reality competition dating show being out of your norm i mate it's in no one's norm i've hosted six of these types of shows and i just have to say there i mean you've only done this one It, it is not like anything else in the world and it is on no level normal so you have gone through a process that is just so foreign to what we are used to as humans. So I commend you for actually yeah. coming out of it, you know, and, and the fact that you got a business out of it and a product out of it, mate, good for you. That's pretty epic. It's quite, yeah, going in like beforehand, you're like, you know, I'm going to have to have my first kiss on, you know, all, that, all those oh, awkward moments. Wild, and you, know what Australia, you know what Australia is like? They love to tear you down and, and, yeah. and you know, be critical of you. So it was really a time where I had to, and I always, I probably care too much about what, 
people think or used to more so. Yeah. And I'm um, trying to keep everyone happy and be everyone's friend. And, and I had to get to the point where I go, you know, I can still, I, I can't keep, you can't keep everyone happy. Everyone has different, val- like different values. And so I just have to really stick, the more I stick to my values and be really certain about them, then that's all I can do. And if people want to join the ride or agree with yeah. them, they do. If they don't, they don't. And you have to really just own that. Yeah. So that I- was it. Matt, I yeah. I agree with that. I've been I've been in this game for about 14, 15 years now, and I did notice, mm-hmm. and I've been aware of you now for about two or three years, and you know we've chatted a couple of times on various things, and I did see my observation. I might be wrong, I don't know, but I did see a moment a while ago when I noticed on your social that you actually are just pushing you as a person, and that's when I yep. started to connect with you on that level because I yep. I mean the difference between people who are passionate about stuff and and then people who just don't give a like a crap what they're doing, they're like, "This is me. Get on the ride or don't," you know. Yeah. And and yeah. that's one of the things I respect about what you do. You just you just preach what you do, and it's like, "Hey, this is me, man. Like, get on board." Yep. Yep. That's it. I mean, I've I've definitely I always I I kind of go through that. You know, am I trying to with health and fitness? You know, it's that balance of like trying to um, push your values onto someone else. Because fitness and health isn't on everyone's value list. However, if I can try, I just believe that everyone can have a better life if they are healthy and fit, but yeah. it's not necessarily their top values. But if your top values are climbing the corporate ladder or um, being the best mum you can be or whatever, I, I, I think it's my job in a way to show you how that health and fitness can help your other top values. Yeah. Um, but being careful not to push my values on someone else and go, hey, you should be this or you should be that. That's fine line. But if you if you strip it back, right? If you say, yeah. and I think about this a lot, if you say, "Hey, I have a platform." You have how many followers do you have on Instagram? Like one hundred thirty something thousand, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so you have a, a relative influence, right? So, yeah. do you push out crap and gossip about pop culture, which a lot of people do, man? Like that's a huge yeah. thing, okay? And what does that feed the soul for the population? And what do they get out of that? Or do you spread the message about something that can gain wellness, longevity, it can increase, yep. you know, massive amounts of value in our community and society. So I think like yep. if you push this message, it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the end of the day. You know, we've got to, we've got to work together as a community and the healthier we are and the more balanced everyone is, then we all yeah. work together better, the healthier community. Hey, so the Aussie, the the Aussie uh, health lifestyle or the Aussie way of life, uh, is so big here in the US. It's so popular. Yeah. What, yeah. and especially diet, what do you, uh, run me through like what you're eating just in general? Yeah. So generally, I'm um, actually, one of the things I've been doing lately is, um, which you know about is some, uh, starting my day off with some ketones. So just, what, just what, uh, keto- what the same that. ketones I'm on? Yeah. That, yeah. The prove, the it prove it ketones. So I'm, what um, one are you having? So I'm on the, uh, the version 3.0 with the chocolate 3.0. What color, what color, is that that purple, purple one? purple, yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Caffeine so, or, or, or um, a little bit? Caffeine? Yeah, I think there are about half a half a shot's worth of caffeine in it. So it's not like a no, it's not like okay. a pre workout or anything, but it's just a little little kick in there. Um, okay. So yeah, I do that in the morning. Because I've been for the last probably four years, like doing some intermittent fasting uh-huh. and do it most of the time, usually except when I travel. Usually if there's a buffet breakfast, I'll go for it. But, so when to when? But, so you fast from dinner through to lunch the next day? Generally, yeah. So I will eat. 
the easiest way to explain it is my window of eating is usually about 12 p.m. say till about I usually eat later, so it's probably till about nine o'clock, sometimes ten o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So I'll try and go from that ten o'clock at night, eight, nine, ten o'clock at night through till about midday the next day. Um, I will usually have a coffee in the morning. Or now the um, the the private ketones, um, but yeah, like I found before when I, I was because I was always working late as a chiropractor, I'd be in the clinic till seven o'clock, and some you get to five or six, and I was getting like low blood sugar, and even though I had a fairly healthy diet, like it's pretty healthy, um, I was just I was I felt like I was getting low blood sugar and getting a bit like blah 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 at the end of the day, or I'd be craving like a mocha or something sweet or a muffin or something at four o'clock, and when I started doing intermittent fasting, um, I found that my blood sugar levels really balanced. So I just had this energy throughout the day. And with the intermittent fasting, you know, I, I sort of adopted a bit more of a good quality fats, um, just less overall carbs, really trying to keep the sugars down. So really trying to get my body into a fat-burning um, zone more than a um, sugar-burning so zone. When you so have, when you have the ketones in the morning, do you then have yep. like – so I have Bulletproof coffee after it or I have yep. a smoothie that has things like matcha, coconut oil, peanut butter. I have like a lot of fat. Yep, do you do yep. any of that or you just do the I ketones? I usually do – I just do the ketones in the morning and I'll have a coffee and it's usually um, just like a – Like a black you know, coffee or whatever? Like a black coffee with a bit of cream or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so that will get me through till um, lunchtime. And then at lunchtime, I'll have my old break fast. I'll have my, my break fast, um, my fast break at um, about midday. <laughs> and I'll have eggs and avocado and spinach and – and things yeah. like that. And every second day, I have a little bit of sourdough. It does go. It's not a full ketogenic diet, but I, I definitely believe that the, you know, if you look back at our history, not even not thousands of years ago, but just just even recently, like now we we have so much food and and energy rich food available all the time. Yeah. And I think there were times where we weren't necessarily stuck in a ketogenic kind of diet. That's where you basically you have zero carbs and sugar almost in your body and you're just running on fats and the fat you eat. We wouldn't have been stuck in that, but there would have been times where you might go a day or two where your body would have to go towards that. So your body you know, your body naturally releases ketones and um uh, when you're in that zone and so our brain our brain can run on ketones. You're either running on Ketones, glucose, or the other version, if you keep going down that scale, is probably where you're getting more towards um, type 2 diabetes, where you've got too much glucose in your body all the time. So mm. um, it makes sense to me as a little bit of a challenge that we, because these days we don't ever, we don't really ever go hungry. Most of us in, in, in this side of the world, we don't yeah. go hungry. We don't, um, we don't experience that. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. When you look at the body, the body and its cells are there and we look at epigenetics, you know, we're designed to adjust to our environment. And sometimes when that environment becomes slightly challenging, even like lifting a heavy weight. So if you're doing a set of reps of five with a really heavy weight, that is a stress on the body. Mm. and you're hoping for a beneficial adaptation to that stress where your body grows a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. So I believe in, and same probably with with a little bit of sun, you know, like a little bit of sun. It's always like when you get a little bit of sun, you get a little bit of a tan and, you know, that may, be, that may people may argue that's healthy or not, but I believe a little bit of a, a challenge from your environment can be quite good. It's yeah. where it's working out where it becomes too much and you, and you, um, and things start to break or, 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 you know, um, degenerate. So same with when it comes to nutrition, you know, giving yourself a little bit of a challenge where you do go a little hungry here and there mm-hmm. and get your body into a bit of ketosis and keeping up, um, balancing those blood sugars, you know, it's, I think that can be good. Yeah, right. So, so two two thoughts came to mind on that. One, I read the book about the guys that created Google, and they said, yep. um, if you don't feel like you're swimming in the deep end every day, you're not growing. Yep. 
Yep. So I try to do that mentally every day. I try to give myself challenges with, you know, creating TV shows, fashion lines, whatever the hell I'm trying to work yep. on. I do yep. that. And then and then when I train for David Jones, uh, like the fashion shows, yep. I um have I have a pretty bloody strict diet and I get the same thing. I get mad hunger cravings, but I look at that craving as a signal of a barrier to entry. So I go, okay, cool. I'm going to I'm going to listen to that. And I'm going to be yep. stronger than that. And I'm going to let the body grow from that because it's now doing something a little different. Yeah, well, it's, um, yeah, I think um, spot on. I think it's, it's interesting. I was talking to someone the other day and they go, oh, you, you want to, when it comes to food, you want to listen to your body, which I do believe. But then at the same time, do you listen to your body when you've got a sugar craving yeah. because you've been eating too much sugar? Exactly. Well, I would yeah, say, exactly. I would say no. So, you know, there's there's listening to your body, but it's also knowing you've got to almost be. It's like it's like a sugar cravings, like the little kid going, "Mummy, mummy, I want this, I want this." You, yeah. you know, you listen to it, but you know better as an adult what that child needs than what they're craving. Well, I, so, I, I have an addiction for Lay's. Do they have the brand Lay's potato chips in Australia? Of things, things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah same yeah, crap. Things yeah. in Oz, Lays in America. I am addicted to that crap. Like, if someone, <laughs> if there is a packet of that yellow Lays in front of me, I will murder the entire packet, right? Yeah, yeah. But I know it's not good for me. And then when I go yeah. to the st- when I go to the shop to buy lunch, I see Lays, and automatically my mind goes, "You need Lays," but yeah, I don't yeah. need it. It's the same thing. If I listen to my body, I'd be eating bloody Lays all day. <laughs> well, that's where I think it can come. It can be really good. Like a lot of people go on these diets of really strict diets, but I think that's where we need to separate um, a strict diet as opposed to a detox. And sometimes yep. doing like if you do, because some people go, oh, I'm going to do the no sugar diet and I'm going to do it for you know three months. Like it's that's really suicide. hard to keep that up. Yeah, that's you know? full on, man. But if you go, if you look at it like a detox and you go, right, I'm going to go no sugar for five days, even that can be enough to really reset your the sugar, all the receptors in there, the insulin, all that, you know, the ghrelin, all those things that will allow your body to then reset what's normal and those cravings. So the things, you know, and then when you say listen to your body, you're actually listening to a healthier body than a body that's toxic. Yeah. Mm, so, I like yeah, that. Food, food for thought there. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff. <laughs> Um, all right, cool, man. Lots of interesting stuff to talk about there. I like that. I feel like people are going to get a lot out of that, both the nutrition right, and the program. Down. So where do they, where do they jump onto? And I'll obviously link it into the, um, into the link yeah, yeah. to get on your program, yep. but where, where yep. do they, they just go onto the Robards method? What's the website? Yeah. So go to the Robards method. So it's, um, the, and then R O B A R D S method.com. And, and then and for anyone it. starting out, what's your like one line of advice if they just get the rings in the mail? So basically, I would okay. The main thing is one thing that people struggle with is where to hang their rings up. Um, so you can use you know find a, a strong tree branch, find a, a balcony, a, um, an awning, a um, something you mean be safe, be smart. Um, if you're lucky enough to have an outdoor gym area around you, that is the most ideal place. But just start with small steps, you know, big goals but small steps. So I think that's one of the biggest things is measuring. One of the yeah, one of the biggest things I would do is if you can get a DEXA scan. So it's so much more than love, a lot of people want to. So a DEXA scan is basically it's a low it's a low grade X ray. It's one of the best ways to measure your body composition. So rather than just jumping on the scales, which doesn't tell you whether you're you know you've got adequate amount of muscle, too much muscle, too much fat, not enough fat, bone strength, bone density, the DEXA scan will show you that. 
And having those numbers can be really good to see, right, I'm actually, you might go, right, I'm actually really good with when it comes to muscle, but I'm really over with fat. Or you might, you might look like a normal shape, like as in, um, like a healthy weighted person. But when you do the scan, you go, actually, I've got like hardly any muscle and I'm actually holding a lot of fat under here, even though I'm of a relative size. Um, so it, it can be really good to set some goals around that, have some numbers to work on that are more reflective of your health rather than just your weight. Yeah, right. I'm looking at it right now. A DEXA scan. Yeah, D-E-X-A. I'm going to see how much a DEXA scan. Oh, my usually God. About, usually about 50 to 100 bucks, usually. Oh, there's something here. Dex. Oh, no. This is a bone densitometer Dense, or something. That's 13,000 yeah. bucks. No, I don't want that one. All right. Yeah, well, I'm nah. going to have a look at, a, at one of these. Maybe they have one at Equinox, the gym I go to. Yeah, check it out. The one thing, you, there's a lot of places around will have these ones where they use bioimpedance, where it's where you grab hold of two handles and it runs a current oh, through yeah, your body. Just like, you yeah. know, the scales when you've had, you know, scales that you stand on that measures your body fat. They're okay, okay. but they're not, they're not that accurate. What's so the brand I, I should look at? I would just look for anything that says DEXA. DEXA looks like a big flatbed scanner. So you lay on it and it will scan over the top of you and give you a proper reading rather than just running current through your body and getting it, you know, it's a, it's not, it's not as accurate. Unbelievable. Better than nothing, but not as accurate. Um, all right, mate. Thanks for the chat. I'm going to go buy Pleasure. a $13,000 measuring <laughs> device. <laughs> yeah, they may, probably, they probably cost you that to buy, but you, you go yeah. in and get one from a, find someone around you that has one and it'll cost you about 50 bucks. Yeah, yeah, awesome. <laughs> All right, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for the chat. Awesome. Thanks, man. Cheers, cheers. Cheers.